Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. The Broncos Blitz Podcast, news and analysis to help you be a better Broncos fan. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E, letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. Oh, oh, oh boy. A lot of questions, a lot of concerns resurfacing on the Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated sportsbook about this Broncos team. They get beat up 43 16. No bones about it. They were bad against Kansas City in the snow at home. Why were they bad? Did they do anything good? Is there anything that we could take away from this game? And maybe what are the big questions moving forward about this football team? Because what a setback for a team that was, you know, starting to see some positives, starting to see their young talent come back from injury and... Well, uh, things got real bad real quick. So we're going to discuss that today on the podcast. Don't forget that, of course, on the Broncos Blitz podcast, you can check out previous archives over there at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. And on Twitter, again, we're always asking your thoughts and questions, and we're going to get to your thoughts and questions, your rants, your raves today. This is uh, Broncos Country's Opportunity to uh, jump on a real podcast and uh, give some real thoughts and uh, I will read them to you because I want to hear from you the fans so again today are well reviewing the disaster the loss it's a little bit of a therapy session almost if you will uh, because boy that was just a brutal game Kansas City really controlling the tempo the pace the game and everything in general right from the get-go from that uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire touchdown run in which just simply put uh, he missed one two three four five six tackles like uh, just a awful awful uh, let's see, let's count them. One, two, three, four, five. I'm watching the play in real time. Yeah, five tackles there uh, from Clyde Edwards Lair. Look, this is a quality running back, no doubt. Make no mistake. But simply put, uh, that's just unacceptable. Kansas City leads early with about uh, nine minutes left in the first quarter. Seven nothing. Now the game progresses into the second quarter, where then, of course, Sorensen gets the interception. It's pressure up the middle. Drew Locke's got to get rid of the football quicker than he wants. He is uh, just simply put, throwing off his back foot. Doesn't get enough gusto on it. Sorensen, the veteran, is reading the eyes and intercepts the football. It's a pick six, and Kansas City starts to run away with this thing. 17-6 at that time. And uh, look, it was an interesting first half on offense for this Broncos team because you saw them uh, really... Uh, actually, to an extent, uh, be fairly effective. Uh, the The running game was working. The running game was simply put, getting to Kansas City's second level. And overall, look, this is a Denver Broncos rushing team that attacked that, ran the ball thirty three times for a buck seventy seven. 
and two touchdowns. Uh, might I also add that no running attack or no running um, play in general went over 20 yards. So it's not like they got all this yardage on one run. It was nice little uh, chips of 8, 9, 10 yards, uh, really kind of gashing the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Things slowed down in the second half when Philip Lindsay left because of that concussion. Uh, but certainly Melvin Gordon, 17 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. Now we'll get to the fumbles in a little bit. Uh, as the game progressed into, uh, well, near halftime at least, I think the the ugliest of heads may be rearing when, of course, uh, Kansas City, they get the touchdown on the long kickoff return. Uh, this is probably the most disappointing touchdown scored by Kansas City, I think, because special teams has just been such a disaster for this whole year, this past, really in general, the calendar year. I have said since training camp of 2019, this is not working, the special teams for the Denver Broncos, and that Tom McMahon is just simply put not the guy to rebuild this thing. I, I don't know why they continue to put trust in him when the results are not uh, valid of that trust. And uh, at this point, I think simply put, everybody now on the same page a year later as Byron Pringle, well, he pops and then he don't stop. 102 yards on the kickoff return, and then Kansas City really starts to open it up. It's 24-9 at that point, but it's such a weird 24-9 going into halftime, right? Because you have the pick six, and you have the, the kickoff return. So at 24-9, if you take those 14 points away, and I'm not saying, just hear me out on this. You take those 14 points away when it comes to the defensive game plan and the defensive um, performance against Patrick Mahomes. It's 10 to nine. If you told me it was 10 to nine at halftime, I would have told you I'm thrilled with the defense and what they've done to be able to Patrick Mahomes simply put just didn't have a great game here. 15 to 23, 200 yards and a touchdown, uh, very limited. And uh, quite frankly, he didn't get that touchdown to the second half. You're looking at this and you're saying, wow, you, you kept Patrick Mahomes at bay. You contained him. And yet, the game wasn't even close. Uh, then Kansas City opens it up even more. They get a couple field goals. Uh, another interception thrown by Drew Locke. And then, of course, uh, well, the, the interception, I should say, on that uh, uh, late third quarter interception. Actually, I think it was in the early fourth. Uh, that was the one where KJ Ham it was thrown behind KJ Hamler, so certainly not accurate. K.J. Hamler almost uh, lobs it, if you will, to the uh, defender, and then it's intercepted. Kansas City sequentially then scores touchdowns on their next two drives. It ends 43-16. You had gigantic mistakes all day long, like the flea flicker that was a little bit too much flick and uh, not enough flea. Just a brutal, brutal sequence in every way, shape, and form. One of the worst flea flickers I've seen executed, and more than anything, a terrible, terrible decision. Denver is getting a little bit of momentum on this drive. Denver's trying to uh, simply put, get something going, 
after a, 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 a brutal first half. And then, uh, you know, you get the first down on the throw to Tim Patrick. You, you get the KJ Hamler right end run. And, and then all of a sudden you're saying, okay, well, maybe we got something cooking now here and towards midfield. And then Melvin Gordon on that, uh, that flea flicker just throwing it to, you know, thought Drew Locke was LeBron James or something. It was just a brutal, brutal sequence. And Denver turns the ball over. They only allow three points on it. But again, just another one of those mental issues to go along with the turnovers and everything that happened on Sunday that really, it opens a lot of questions. Really opens a lot of questions. Got I have to be honest, this was, this was such a weird game to evaluate. Uh, because again, Denver on defense was absolutely incredible. Kansas City was 0 for 8 on third down. 0 for 8 with a Patrick Mahomes-led team. They got to him four times, sacking him. And simply put, this is a Kansas City team that really just wasn't the same explosive team. Now, the elements could have played in that, certainly. But more than anything, this was a Denver team that was in a winnable game for a while with an explosive Chiefs offense. The offense was dreadful, though. And you saw some basic fundamental mistakes that reminded me this was the first time with a Vic Fangio coached team that it reminded me of the Vance Joseph era where they get blown out. They're making dumb decisions. There was a point where Denver had 12 men in the huddle. Uh, it was a train wreck of a game. You had the stupid flea flicker. I don't even know why the play was called. Nonetheless, horribly executed. You had bad turnovers. Uh, you had an offense that just simply put couldn't move the football while their defense was playing lights out. So you, you give Vic Fangio credit for the defense because the defense was just absolutely tremendous, but the offense was obviously just in bad, bad shape. And then I just don't understand why you don't just continue to run the football. I mean, when when you have an opportunity, uh, even when it was uh, at, at one point 24-9, you pound the rock, you just simply put, you run the football, you continue to uh, do what works. And Pat Shermer goes away from that, tries to get cutesy with this little flea flicker, and then it's just a mental breakdown and Denver loses 43 to 16 couple uh, statistics here for the day drew lock 24 of 40 254 through two interceptions did not throw a touchdown he was sacked three times on the ground 33 for a buck 77 as we mentioned for the broncos rushing they got two rushing touchdowns one of them from drew lock one of them from melvin gordon philip Lindsay leaves the game with a concussion nine carries 79 yards melvin gordon 17 carries for 68 albert okawebana yards wise was your leading receiver for the Broncos seven catches 60 yards he took all seven targets turned them into catches Tim Patrick three catches for 44 Noah Fant three catches for 38 Deshaun Hamilton two catches for 26 Nick Vanette two catches for 25 KJ Hamler two catches for 24 Jerry Judy two catches for 20 Melvin Gordon two catches for 12 I want to point out all that because that's real good distribution but I think that really kind of shows you that Denver didn't have really anything going on offense to kind of target a guy. They didn't have anybody kind of breaking out, winning their matchups. A lot of those Albert Okawebana catches were in the second half, a little bit later, more towards garbage time. And this is a Denver team that just simply put the game was already over at that point. They have the big fumbles, just simply put Melvin Gordon getting credit for two of them, one on the ground, one on the flea flicker. Uh, you had K.J. Hamler have issues, bobbling the football. It was just a bad 
bad situation for the Denver Broncos. And then to top it all off, special teams, again, once once more, just a complete disaster. I'm not going to shy away from Brandon McManus because he missed the extra point. That cannot happen. And then, of course, in coverage, once again, Pringle with a 102-yard kickoff return. It just can't happen. I just don't know why Denver continues to hold uh, Tom McMahon as a special teams coach at this point. It just isn't working out. It's a Broncos Blitz podcast, though. Hey, it's presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. I've got some positives to look towards, and then we've got your reactions to this game. There's a, there's a lofty amount of them. I'm going to read them all, and of course they're coming from Twitter. So if you haven't followed me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio, we will discuss that here in just a second. Uh, Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. And look, here's the deal. The action unfolding over there with our friends at DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, and with so many storylines, of course, between pro, college, sports. Now is the time to check out DraftKings Sportsbook and all they have to offer if you haven't tried the app yet head to the app store now because celebrate the showdown in happy valley how about this one DraftKings sportsbook giving all new users a chance to turn one dollar into one hundred dollars when you place a bet on either ohio state or penn state additionally DraftKings giving all new users a chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to one thousand dollars on top of that great sign-up offer DraftKings great odds boost every sunday to help you make it rain and well safe secure reliable easy for you to deposit easy to withdraw your money at your convenience, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code MHS when you sign up to get up that uh, to get that can't-miss offer. Penn State, Ohio State, bet one dollar and cash a hundred dollars if they win. That's one dollar to win one hundred dollars when you use the promo code MHS. But you got to use that promo code MHS for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Got to be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonuses comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match. Each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, let's dive in. Broncos country, I asked you to drop your rants, your venting, and I will read them on the podcast and here we go. Let's start with Tyler. The uh, comment from Tyler comes saying, when will they stop wasting money on people like Gordon and focus on the line? Cowboys haven't helped their line and look at their quarterbacks. Lock and will end up hurt even worse by the end of the season. D is going to be hurt so much for time on the field. McManus can't do it alone, guys. Uh, I have to say, uh, Tyler, I am very much in agreement with you. I was not on the Melvin Gordon train. I understood why they signed him, but overall it was a signing that I would not have made. Tom Wynn on Twitter says, I knew it was going to be an L as soon as they said the Broncos have won the toss and chose to receive. Tom, um, you know, I have to say, uh, you know, <laughs> choosing to receive or uh, kick, I think we kind of all knew what was coming, right? I mean, who really picked the Broncos in this game? Kansas City, simply the better team. Judge on Twitter says, find two prior head coaches or at least one situation where you have a first-time head coach. Broncos got the job done with Gary Kubiak and Wade Phillips, as both have been head coaches prior, knew what success looked like and felt like it parlayed into a championship, stopped playing with the fade 
the fad hires, if you will. So Judge bringing up the fact that um, Vic Fangio may be a fad hire. I don't know if Vic Fangio was really a fad hire. I mean, uh, the fad hire, the the hype, the excitement for hires has always been around the offensive minds, right? It's been around trying to find the next Sean McVay. It's trying to find that brilliant offensive mind. Uh, you know, th- that's not what Vic Fangio was. Vic Fangio, I would argue, actually was the exact opposite. He's he's bucking the trend of what a usual head coaching hire looks like. Somebody who's more defensive minded. Somebody who's a veteran. Um, yes, he didn't get an opportunity for twenty plus years. You wonder why, but you also say, well, you know, uh, we gave a opportunity for a new kid uh, who's never done this thing in a row trying to find the fat head coach, and that turned out to be he who shall not be named back in 2000, what was it, 11? Hmm, that wasn't great. That didn't end well for the Josh McDaniels era. So certainly, simply put, they've gone both ways. So I I don't agree with the idea that Vic Fangio was a fad hire, um, but certainly we're going to start to evaluate him because this is his football team, and his football team got embarrassed on Sunday. Daniel says, looking forward to the next four games, we should win three or four of them, and this offense should take steps forward. Let's take a look at the Denver Broncos schedule. Now remember, this is a Broncos schedule that got revised, of course, due to COVID, and Daniel does bring up the uh, good point of some winnable games. The Chargers this Sunday, the Falcons the week after, Las Vegas afterwards, and Miami. These, This is a let-up when it comes to the talent that Denver has to play. Justin Herbert's playing well in Los Angeles, no doubt. Atlanta, simply put, keeps blowing leads, and they're a bad football team. Las Vegas, I don't think you're sold on. And Miami with Tua Tonga Viola, you just don't simply know what they look like. But the next four games, it is a very well brought up point by Daniel. It does get a little mm, lesser when it comes to powerhouses. Look, Denver lost to the Super Bowl champs. There's a reason why Patrick Mahomes is basically the guy to be picked to be MVP to get back to the Super Bowl. Kansas City is a pretty good football team. That's not an excuse. That's just a fact. The reality is is that Kansas City looked like the better team on Sunday, and they whipped up on Denver. Uh, Tim goes, we have a long way to go to return to the elite echelon. Boy, I tell you what, I'd like to get to the good echelon first before we even talk about elite. Uh, C-Stack says, team needs to sell. Elway needs to go. Mm, interesting. I think we're going to talk more about this ownership and John Elway's position moving forward towards the back half of this season, but uh, certainly maybe for another podcast for another day. Tick on Twitter says, Elway needs to go or get lots of help. His decision-making is horrible. You know what? I changed my mind. Let's talk about it now. (laughs) There's a lot of people very disappointed with John Elway and his decisions made. I I have to say, I, I don't know if today was... Uh, a a big, you know, dump on John Elway type day that we've seen prior. Um, the, the Broncos lost to Kansas City was player execution and simply put their quarterback look bad. Now, the quarterback's going to go back to John Elway. And I've said this before, John Elway's job rides or dies on Drew Locke. Uh, simply put, I just don't think you can give him another opportunity. I, I don't know how you say that this is the guy who can evaluate a quarterback for us and pick the right one moving forward if he's 
missed on Brock Osweiler, if he's missed on Paxton Lynch, if he's missed on Drew Locke, and he brought in Case Keenum, and he brought in Joe Flacco, and he wanted, uh, what was the kid's name, Brandon Whedon. We've seen enough. At this point, if it don't work with Drew Locke, I think we're looking at a situation where it's time to move on from John Elway. Down 3-1, no prob. Says uh, Melvin Gordon is one of the worst signings ever. His best game against the Jets, which everyone has a great game against. Uh, I can't read the rest because it is not family friendly. Uh, but he does say pay Phil. Uh, there's two points in this that I think I want to hit on. Uh, Melvin Gordon being one of the, the worst signings of the offseason. Uh, it, it was not a great one. Uh, I, I don't believe in paying running backs in general big money which also leads to the second point his point in pay Phil I, I, I don't know how you can put a ton of money or confidence into Philip Lindsay when this is a guy who couldn't even be a workhorse back uh, so if you have Philip Lindsay understand you have to have a second guy so what do you got to do you got to go pay a Melvin Gordon so I'm not sure I totally agree with the idea and I know that that's a touchy subject we'll get to that at some point I would like to see to see Philip Lindsay stay on this roster my point being is that I think it contradicts the point in paying Phil and then not paying another running back you're gonna have to because the kid can't stay on the field as a workhorse back hell we saw that pre he took what seven carries and then he got hit with a concussion in that previous game he's ran into turf toe he ran into the uh, hand injury just simply put there's a reason why we talk about how you've got to have the body for the NFL. This is a brutal, brutal game. So we'll talk more about the Philip Lindsay situation in future podcasts, but I do want to get down because there's so many responses from you. And again, you can read these responses. Uh, you can uh, leave your responses at Ronnie K radio on Twitter. And certainly I will read them on the podcast. Stacy says drew lock is not the answer. Someone's scouting radar is broken. Sean says Elway needs to go. His ego is in the way aside from Manning. How many quarterbacks has he drafted that he failed and failed head coaches? Uh, we, we just went over those. Uh, I'll give you the answer. It's a lot. Uh, Eternal Blue Sky says Locke is garbage. And let's see if we can find a couple more down here. And again, uh, Ronnie K Radio is where you can find me on Twitter. And uh, read your, drop your responses because I'm more than welcome to read them, answer them if I can. Ryan Stevens on Twitter says, hey, maybe Ronnie can answer this. Broncos four losses come against opponents whose records is 17 and three. Broncos two wins come against opponents whose records are two and 11. Optimists will stay hopeful. I just feel like garbage. I think the big thing when we look at Denver's wins versus losses is, and, and you can take a positive out of this. You can take a negative out of this, but the way I see it is that Denver is a team that is lodged in the middle somewhere, probably on the lower end of the mediocrity meter. Uh, but this shows you that Denver's beaten bad teams, but they can't beat good teams. Now, it just so happens that Denver has lost four games to 
you could argue four of maybe top five, top six teams in the NFL. Of course, you saw the two 5-0 and teams, Tennessee and Pittsburgh, play a thriller over the weekend. Pittsburgh remains undefeated. Uh, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, he looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, they are getting it done down in Florida, and obviously we know what the Chiefs look like. So, yeah, Denver isn't a playoff team, but does that surprise you? Does that really surprise you? I guess that's my question because I I don't think anybody looked at this Denver team and said, boy, they're going to be a perennial contender this year. What did I say at the beginning of the season and I continue to say this year? I still think this is going to be the one-year-away type year. Uh, Simply put, you can't lose the guys that you did and keep and establish the same expectation towards the end of the year. This is a Denver team that I thought would win eight to nine games. And I think you could argue that with a Von Miller with a Cortland Sutton, etc. Maybe they win that Pittsburgh game. Maybe they uh, go out and and push the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a better uh, game overall instead of that 28-10 mess because they couldn't deal with the quarterback situation. Simply put, uh, this is a Denver team that you can't lose that many players and then establish the same expectations. That expectation for me changed to 5-11. So nothing that happened on Sunday changes any of my narratives or really any of my expectations. Uh, This is a Denver team that's not going to be good this year, simply put. And look, I'm looking down their schedule. We talked about the four that are, uh, you know, I wouldn't say gimmies, but, uh, you know, Chargers, you got Justin Herbert who's playing well. You still got Matt Ryan in Atlanta. That's a divisional game against the Raiders. They know exactly what Denver's trying to do. And quite frankly, Denver's not been able to stop Derek Carr over the last couple years. Drew Brees waits in the wing. Another date with Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead in September. Christian McCaffrey probably healthy and back for Carolina, who's by the way, playing pretty well. Buffalo's going to be in the playoff mix. There's not a lot of wins here on this Broncos roster. So, again, I don't know if there's a lot of changes to my national narratives, my my over-wide uh, zoom-out looking at this team narratives. Denver got beat up by a better team. That's just simply what happened. They got beat up by a Kansas City team that was far better than them. Now, them taking care of business against the Patriots and the Jets tells you they're not the worst team in the league, but they're certainly nowhere near that postseason type um, you know, expectation at the beginning of the year that I think a lot of people fairly had. The problem is, is you start to lose some of these injuries and these players, and now all of a sudden you could throw that out the window. Just simply put, it's not a, it's not a fair way to grade the team uh, when they don't have the same amount of horses. Uh, sorry, injuries happen. That's just a reality, and I, I 100% disagree with people when they say injuries shouldn't matter. They're not a valid excuse. Well, the reality is, is that if Aaron Rodgers goes down for Green Bay, their season's over. Simply put, if... Uh, the Denver Broncos lose their starter, they're in bad shape. Uh, if Drew Brees goes down, the Saints are done. This is just, this is how it hap- This is how it works in the NFL. Uh, you just simply put, can't find that kind of replacement for that long of a span and then expect that same expectation. You know, next man up only really applies for about a week or two, kind of a spot start type situation. Next man up doesn't apply when you got a Phil Von Miller's role or, uh, you know, Jarrell Casey's role or Cortland Sutton's role for an entire season, and you're really starting to see them miss that, right? They're missing that one extra pass rusher. They're missing, They're badly missing Cortland Sutton on offense. It's just a, uh, a brutal situation on offense. But a lot of questions are uh, now being asked about this 
Denver Broncos team. And look, we are going to uh, dive into your questions as well, too. So again, uh, if you want to get your responses in at Ronnie K radio on the Broncos Blitz podcast, that's on Twitter. You can also email the podcast Ronnie K at milehighsports.com. I will read your thoughts on the podcast because our next podcast is, well, <laughs> should be a good one. What is your biggest question or concern for this Denver Broncos team moving forward? And boy, do we have a laundry list of them. I know Broncos country's frustrated. I get it. Uh, and maybe I'm just looking at this as a little bit more of a zoomed out longer term speak. I know it hurts on the short term to get beat up by Kansas City. And I'm not going to lie to you. That was a bad loss. That, I, as I said earlier, that was the first game. To me, that looked like the Vance Joseph era, and that's a bad deal because Vance Joseph got beat up in a lot of those games where you had the 12 men in the huddle, you had the fake flea flicker that that just got botched in every way, shape, and form. That kind of stuff can't happen because that's the kind of stuff that leads to be a, a head coaching being fired uh, if that happens over a longer period of time. And now you couple that with the bad clock management against Tennessee and the botched timeouts, and you start to say, boy, do we need to start asking questions about Vic Fangio after year two? I think it was very valid for him to come back after year one. You certainly saw a lot of promise. And again, a weird game to evaluate because on defense, they were terrific. But then you start to look around and say, boy, well, you're not the defensive coordinator. You're the head coach. And right now, Vic Fangio, certainly as a head coach, failing the Broncos so far as Denver now two and four. And of course, they got a uh, week that they, well, they got to prepare for their Los Angeles Charger division rivals who are playing red hot with Justin Herbert, this young quarterback. Uh, this could get bad for Denver. A lot of narratives could get really, really bad for Denver because you're looking at a division rival. You're looking at a division rival that's got a young quarterback that Denver was into and never ended up getting. And now all of a sudden, if uh, you know the Chargers were to beat up on Denver, boy, well, this could be uh, this could be a rocky road ahead. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. I appreciate you tuning in. Of course, for the Broncos Blitz podcast, again, you can respond to us on Facebook at Ronnie, uh, well, on Facebook too, at Mile High Sports. Also on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. A lot of cool things that, uh, well, we've been doing this season at Mile High Sports, including that magazine cover with Drew Locke on the cover. Hey, uh, Buzz Lightyear, mm, Darth Vader, hmm, Job of the Hut. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks looked more like Jar Jar Binks on Sunday. It was not great. Uh, certainly for the Broncos, we will continue, though, to monitor it, cover it over there at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com and on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K radio on twitter i appreciate you tuning in we are all done for this episode of the broncos blitz podcast presented by DraftKings, america's top rated sportsbook don't forget to use that promo code mhs when you sign up all new users we got all kinds of bonuses and again for more info on the denver broncos you can take this podcast on the go spreaker stitcher itunes spotify and milehighsports.com that's milehighsports.com later y'all to listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.